Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 199 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric Walquist, and joining me this week is the other host of the show. His name is... I'm Jesse Fabrizio Wilson. Fabrizio, I like it. Mm-hmm. Isn't I that the watching... new... Is, that's the new Assassin's Creed guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. You get reincarnated as Fabrizio, mm-hmm. who, for those of you who watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy... Might know. It's the inventor of Simple Green. What is Simple Green? Simple Green is like a, a cleaning product. So is Febreze? Did he do Febreze as well? No. The guy invented a cleaning product wow. and his last name is Fabrizio, but he didn't invent Febreze. <laughs> That's like a trick question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. What cleaning product did the inventor James Fabrizio invent? Simple green, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what car company did, did uh, Henry Ford start? Chrysler, actually. Exactly. Well, that's exciting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you watching Jeopardy while we record? No, okay. I just watched Wheel of Fortune, though. Nice, nice. I, I can't get into the wheel. I like Jeopardy, but I cannot get into the wheel. I'm into I'm into the wheel. I've always secretly been into the wheel. I just resent the wheel. I know. I and I bring this up all the to time. My yeah. wife all the time. Yeah. Where it'll be like Jeopardy will come on. And it'll be like she's on a ten game win streak and has a grand total of twelve thousand five hundred and one dollars. <laughs> Meanwhile, Becky yeah. from Green Bay is walking away with eighty thousand dollars in cash and prizes from Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, for like twenty minutes of work. That other person put in like five hours of standing and clicking. <laughs> yeah, and a much ch- more challenging show. Yeah, plus like the weird thing about Wheel or like in Wheel of Fortune, even if you don't win, you get whatever you won yes, in previous rounds. Exactly. Whereas in, in Jeopardy, Jeopardy, you get one thousand or two thousand max, and it used to not even be that. Like it used to be in Jeopardy, you didn't get oh, any. They cash. got like the home game. Yeah, the, yeah. Like third place, we get like a suitcase set from <laughs> Samsonite, and then second place, we get a trip to Detroit. Ooh, yeah, Motor City. Here I come. Furnished by Marriott Hotels. <laughs> Enjoy the what is it? Motor City, the RoboCop town, <laughs> home of RoboCop. <laughs> How was your week, bud? Oh, Jesus. Yeah? Let me take you through this. Okay, cool. Thursday Thursday morning, I wake up at 3 a.m. Nice. Uh, because I'm going to take my wife and daughter to the airport. They're going to California. Mm-hmm. And I disrupted whatever my body needs to do at that time of night, and it mm-hmm. was just bad news for the rest of the weekend, stomach-wise. So I, I drive out of Port Townsend first thing in the morning before sun comes Ooh. up. When I get to I get to Tacoma at 5 a.m., it's already bumper-to-bumper traffic. Nice. Which, that actually blew my mind. <laughs> Fort Lewis, baby. 5 a.m. already, like, bumper-bumper traffic. Okay, get to the airport. Not much breathing room. Mm-hmm. Kind of shuffle my family away. I'm like, Oop, no time for goodbye. <laughs> hurry up and get the security. <laughs> and um, driving back. So then I drive back to Bremerton. Okay. And that one thing about driving south, and right. then it was like seven o'clock, mm-hmm. was it was just like slam jam packed all through Tacoma going north. I'm driving south, just like suckers. <laughs> Get to my dad's house and do like an hour of sleep, and then wake up because it's time to go to my cousin's memorial service. Uh huh. And um, 
So I he got all his information about it through me. I got it through Facebook. Mm-hmm. And the service was Hawaii themed. Because mm. my cousin was like a punk rock goofball. All his friends are punk rock rock goofballs. So mm-hmm. they did a Hawaii themed memorial service. Right. And I had known that at one point and totally forgot. Totally coincidentally, my dad wears a hat that says Hawaii on it. Nice. Just because that's like his normal attire. Got it. And we get to the memorial service. My cousin Mac is there. And he's he's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt, but it's like par for the course for him. Uh, <laughs> so basically your family just dresses like they're tourists in Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. So, I, you know, we go up and talk to Mac. And Mac's just like, nothing says Hawaii like a hat that says Hawaii. <laughs> well, he's got a point. And yeah, I just, like, my dad and I look at each other and we're like, that, ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then we figured it out and, uh-huh. um, the service was, I was there for five hours. I didn't realize it was going to be so long. I was outside the whole time and I got sunburnt. So were you wearing like a suit or something? No, I was just wearing like, um, I was wearing like a flannel and jeans. Okay. And then a t-shirt. Yeah. So you're like the tourist. But you're like the the son who's like not really into it and just yeah. wants to like play Game Boy in the hotel room. That's your Hawaii persona. Yeah. So basically, me okay. in Hawaii. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that's that goes on for five hours, and at the end is like a spontaneous jump into the lake off of the dock. Mm-hmm. Like everyone just like strips down to their underwear, and some people like go commando style and just jump in. There you go. So that was fun. Yeah. Swim around. Drive back to Port Townsend, go into work that night to get my van ready for the next morning because I have to then drive to Redmond, which yeah. is the east side of Seattle for the Washington Beer Festival. Right. Washington's largest craft beer beer festival. Yeah. So that's like leave at dawn mm-hmm. that morning. And um, they sent out like a, a, a paper to everyone that's like, please get here before noon because basically they funnel all the vans and trucks through like one tiny corridor. Right. And they're like, there's 150 breweries all trying to unload at the same time. Get there before noon. Right. I get there at 1030, which isn't like ridiculously early or mm-hmm. anything. 90 minutes. The, I am the first guy there. Nice. The first brewer there. So I, and like, they don't have their shit together at this point either. They're like scrambling. <laughs> and I, I just like go out on the field and there's uh, a bunch of tents. There's like seven tents that all are designated a color. Yeah. So I knew what 10 I was. And then there's like, uh, I guess 20 tables in each tent. Yeah, I don't understand why they called them colors, though, because they didn't really have colors on them. Well, they had flags. They oh. had, like, the corresponding flags for each color that the tent was. Didn't notice that. Yeah, they did, but when I got there, those weren't up. Yeah. The flags weren't up, okay. so I had to, like, <laughs> use this, like, cartoony map that they gave me to, uh-huh. like, figure it out. Uh-huh. And I was actually pretty pout- proud of myself, because, people, <laughs> like, someone came up and was like, is this yellow tent? I'm like... I hope not, because I'm pretty sure it's green tent. He's like, okay. <laughs> that was that was his that was his idea. That was his way to decipher it. That's why he showed up late. Exactly. No, I was the fool because yeah. I was the, I had no point of reference. Exactly. You were the pioneer. So, but I figured it out. I actually went to the wrong table at first, but then I was looking at the map. And I was like, wait, this doesn't make sense. And I was like, oh, the map is written not for people working the event, but for the customers. So. Right. I was looking at it as the perspective of being inside the tent looking out, not being 
outside the tent looking in. Mm. And then I got it from that point. There Worked you go. the festival by myself yeah. all day Friday. Um, managed to not get drunk all weekend, which I'm happy about. No wow. hangovers or anything. Nice. So, yeah, work Friday. Work Saturday. Mm-hmm. Saturday was nice because I got to meet up with you. Right, and my dad. And your dad and your brother-in-law. I gotta say, your brother-in-law's a super cool guy. Super cool, man. That is, yeah. He's a chill dude. Real mensch. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a brother by birth, but I, he's basically, he started dating my sister when I was 12 years old. Yeah. So he's basically my brother. So it's pretty nice to have a brother-in-law who's that cool and that I've known for like more than half my life. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Also, I my like dad. Him. Every time I hang out with him, I'm like, man, I wish I got to see that guy more often. Well, you know, he lives he lives like five blocks away from me, so. Uh, well, but, I don't actually get to see you that often. That's true. But like my dad, he, uh, so he's been in Afghanistan for like the past right. year and a half. And apparently in Afghanistan. Lots of drinking going on there. Yeah, zero drinking. There, like, there's no alcohol allowed on the base in Afghanistan, so his tolerance is super low. And like, I am a large man, and my dad is not a large man. No, he's he's probably six inches shorter than you. Yeah, he's a petite. He's got petite feet. I wouldn't say petite, but <laughs> no, he's, he's like not my petite. size. But when Lydia first met him, she was very surprised <laughs> at right. how tiny he was. Uh, so anyway, he's he had super low tolerance, and he got pretty schnockered off of like six tasters <laughs> so that was kind of fun and then we went to a, a we went to watch the italy and england match oh yeah who won that one italy baby viva italia great okay so saturday happened so saturday happens um i get to bed at a reasonable hour then uh sunday sunday's the worst day because i can't drink on sunday mm-hmm. i'm driving back to port townsend so like i'm yeah. sober it's a end of the stretch like my back is giving out on me i just want to go home and uh you know end up working like 10 and a half hours that day till the time i get back to port townsend wow work monday work tuesday (laughs) but i got today off nice and i knew it last night last night i went to bed at 6 30 p.m and slept till 8 a.m oh beautiful (laughs) so like i'm back to normal now but damn Go to sleep when it's light, wake up when it's light. Yeah, yeah, I like totally skipped that entire night cycle. Yeah. So how about you? Oh, pretty good. You know, parents were in town. Uh, right. I uh, got to go to two Mariners games in the past week, and they are they were one and one in those games. So, no, it's cool. I went to a game, the Yankees game with my parents. They gave out Macklemore bobbleheads, which was super weird. <laughs> Why uh, is that weird? Because it's a not, he's not a player. Right. It's so weird to give out just a random rapper from Seattle bobbleheads. Yeah, that is weird. They Uh, should give out, like... Yeah, like Steve Poole. Oh. Or, or like, players. Or, like, Steve Poole. Like, Steve Poole (laughs) deserves a a bobblehead. I agree. Classic weatherman in Seattle, for those not in the know. But uh, but then... I think people are pretty, you know, aware. (laughs) Pretty aware, Steve Poole. Then it's fine back... No, Steve Poole. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but then, yeah, yesterday, my, my team from work, we had a work outing and went to the day game. And uh, Southern Mariners beat the Padres, so that was fun. Jeez. Oh, other than that... Right after their all-time star. I know. I had to rub it in their face. It was right the next day. We <laughs> we beat them twice. They are terrible. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, pretty good week. I don't know. What are you drinking this, what are you drinking this week? 
I'm drinking the uh, Full Sail LTD Lager Ooh. Series, the Pale Ball, uh, Pale Bock, Pale Bock, which is uh, single malt, p- uh, pale, and then single hop Willamette. It is tasty. Mm-hmm. I love. And their I'm stuff. only getting like half the taste because I burnt all my taste buds off drinking too hot tea today. Well, you should put that in your beer review. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I think I just did. <laughs> the burned mouth beer review. I burn my mouth and I drink a beer and tell you how good it is. That'd be funny for like, pizza eaters. A story, or like an episode of a TV show, like a guy who's always wanted to be like a, a beer taster mm-hmm. and finally gets to and accidentally burns his tongue that day and has to like fake his way through it. This is literally what happened to George Costanza in the hand model episode. He burned his tongue. Burned his hands. Oh, there you go. This is behaving. I'm drinking Eric Pastor from a 22. Nice, delicious. All right, let's get to listener feedback this week. We got a couple of phone calls. Uh, first one comes to us from our good buddy over there in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Here he is. Hey, it's Michael McBride, your East Coast affiliate out here in Virginia. Well, I know that you guys go on about movie ideas from all the time about like crazy stuff, like how you recently had your nerd rage movie idea and your script for Mighty Ducks 4, which I would totally produce myself if I had the money. But, uh, I just thought of something interesting that I could do to probably laugh, have a good time with. What, who would be, what would be the movie be about if it was your lives? Say it was how you, say the story is about how you guys met and possibly how you met the other members of Bald Move. And who would play all of you? And if it wasn't really the, a true story type story, but it was still characters that were based off of you and the other Bald Move members, what would that story be like? Because I imagine that would be an interesting adventure or two. Maybe you could just make it to where you all get transported into a real-life D&D campaign. I just figured you might like that idea. All right. But like I said, I really want to know who you would cast for yourselves. Okay, I'm good. Uh, stay arrogant. Get off my back. Get off my back, Michael. Love ya. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if we have that interesting of lives. Yeah, I know. I feel we, like we it, definitely have to spice it up. Yeah, we're gonna have to like get it, get wrapped into like an international spy conspiracy, or like you said, get thrown into a D D campaign. Because <laughs> meeting you uh, by playing uh, Trivial Pursuit on the back oh. of the bus on the way to Knowledge Bowl tournaments. I mean, that was pretty cool. Pretty cool. We did I bond like over the... I feel like the story arc, we couldn't start there. We'd have to start... It'd be like a ragtag podcast, mm-hmm. rags to riches sort of story. Yeah, it's like... Uh, what was the... Uh, 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 I can't even remember his name. You know that one. The, oh, Howard, yeah. Stern, the Howard Stern Show, Private Parts, but with right. podcasting. It'd be like that, except for podcasting. Uh, well, how about this? You know, one of the things we did bond over, Jesse, on the back of the knowledgeable bus, on the way to Port I don't Townsend, even think we were... We weren't cool enough to be sitting in the back. As I recall, yeah. it was kind of like front left. We were pretty cool on that bus, dude. I, I was the captain <laughs> of the team. Just this say it. comes up often. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Uh, I mean, I used to like sit in the emergency exits on the springy seat. I don't know. I don't know either. But whatever. Um... One of the things we bonded over was the weekly world news. So we do live oh, in a right, very... Oh, right, that's true. Yeah, because we would stop at Safeway, and mm. I would always spend part of the money that my mom gave me for lunch on <laughs> the weekly world news. And we would, I'm like, still sad it. that that um, that you can't buy that anymore. 
Yeah, and we do live in a pretty uh, cryptic part of the country. You know, there's there's mysterious air that hangs here, which has been That's per- true, which has been revealed in shows like Twin Peaks and video games like uh, what's that video game? Uh, Alan Wake. Alan Wake. And you know, we got Bigfoot. We got alien number one UFO sighting state is Washington State. Is that true? I'm, yeah. I'm just saying maybe we become paranormal investigators because we're laughing at Batboy in the Weekly World News and then all of a sudden something happens in this mystical land of twilight that uh, that uh, that springs our supernatural entrance. It's basically X-Files but with high schooler nerds. Mm-hmm. But how how does uh, Jim and Aaron get into this? Oh, come on. It's pretty easy. I mean, the story of us meeting them is also really kind of weird and, and random and not very exciting. <laughs> Basically, I think Aaron found our podcast. I don't know if Aaron or Jim no, found Jim our podcast. Did. Oh, Jim it's did. Definitely Jim. Because I was posting original episodes on Reddit. I think that he might have found it through there. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but I know he started listening to like episode two. Yeah, yeah. He like, was like early on, super early on, and so they sent us an email and declared war on us. We thought it was hilarious, and then you went to Pax East a year later, and then you met them. And then all of a sudden, oh yeah, yeah, I met them alone, didn't I? Yeah, you met them. Well, you met them with Levi, right? No, with Levi. But God, I just remember like right before meeting up with them, being like, "What the hell have I agreed to? (laughs) What if they're huge weirdos? (laughs) I've made a huge mistake. (laughs) They probably are huge weirdos, dude. That's funny because you didn't meet Jim for a long time. No, I didn't meet Jim until Denver. That's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. And now I consider Jim like one of one of the most kissable people in my life. Oh, uh, wow! But <laughs> I don't consider Jim or Aaron kissable. I think they're both. Uh, well, I mean, Aaron's more of a hugger. I think. Uh, regardless, I don't. I don't want to kiss either of them. <laughs> Not even on both cheeks. No. Regardless, uh, that so there's got to be something where they are also paranormal investigators, mm. and then they randomly meet up with us at a, okay, conve- at a paranormal this, investigation. We're paranormal investigators, but we have a paranormal investigation podcast. Yes, and then they have a rival <laughs> podcast too. But in the end, we have to team up yeah. to defeat Cthulhu. <laughs> okay, this is wonderful. Okay, so but now we the need casting to cast is what he was interested in. So, I'm just going to go ahead and say Edward Norton. So the problem with this dude is that I think easy choice for you is Edward Norton, easy choice for me is John Cusack. But the problem is they are both 50 years old. <laughs> That's so, true. There's a problem. Well, then Michael Sarah for me. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm trying to think of somebody who could personify the the Walquistian uh, dynamic. Uh, I mean, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf, maybe I like it. There's also that dude, he's going to be playing Mr. Fantastic in the Fantastic Four. He's got a certain Walquistian vibe. He's got, like, the weird nose shape, I believe. <laughs> um, his name's, like, Joshua something, I think. Uh, yeah, but for Aaron and Jim, I like it because they could be a little older and wiser. Yeah, Jonah Hill for Aaron. Oh, I just think it's Seth Rogen for Aaron. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, that is better. Yeah. Skinny I think- Jonah Hill for... Uh- <laughs> Skinny Jonah Hill for, 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 for Jim. Jim. <laughs> and then you gotta have the dude from Undeclared, uh, or not Undeclared. What was that movie? The guy who looks like Levi. He's in Die Hard with, uh, Die, Live Free and Die oh, Hard. Oh, he was in the Mac commercial. Justin Long? Justin Long, yeah. yeah. He's Levi. There you go. Yep. And then Jordy's just James Franco. <laughs> yeah. Mr. MVP Fantastic. MVP of life. <laughs> Love it, dude. 
Perfect. <laughs> All right. Done and done. Uh, and then we got one more uh, email. Casting, casting a shadow. <laughs> cast. I love it. With the apostrophe in front of the cast. Yeah. All right, cool. And then we got JR this week as well. Here he is. Hey, what's up, guys? It's JR from Philly. I got some recos for you. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is World at War. Uh, it's a 26-episode documentary the BBC put together on World War II. It's like the definitive documentary that I've really found. Uh, if you have 26 hours, it's f- fantastic. This guy Jeremy Isaacs did it, and it was kind of visionary for its time when they put it together in the early 70s. Narrated by Sir Lawrence Olivier, it's a pretty deep and comprehensive overview. And when they were putting it together, most of the big names were either dead or had already written their memoirs. So this documentary features interviews with many of the people who were sort of on the fringes. So you actually have interviews with Hitler's secretary and Goebbels' secretary and Montgomery and Eisenhower's aides. Just a really, really cool documentary. They also have a similar documentary that's also 20-something episodes on the Great War and World War One, And then they CNN picked up uh, Jeremy Isaacs and the same team to put together a similar series on the Cold War, which came then they did that in the 90s. It's kind of difficult to find a place to stream these, but they're out there if you look in the right places. And then I want to throw a book reco out there for you guys. Eric, you'll like this as both a baseball fan and a communications major. One of my old professors, Charles Warner, wrote this book, The Team America Loves to Hate, Why Baseball Fans Despise the New York Yankees. And so he he did some research on MLB message boards. Uh, I thought of recommending this book because you were talking about trolls and uh, Internet Haterade. So he did some research on message boards, but then leveraged all that cool stuff I took in classes with him. So he sets out his hypothesis, breaks down the factors of players, money, the fans, and the system, and then goes into a deep cultural analysis on the idea of fandom in general. And it's really sweet how how fans identify with their team. You don't say they won, you say we won, things like that. Just a really cool read. So I'll pass along links for you to grab that as an ebook or in print. And those are a couple recos that I have for you all. Have a fantastic cast. Get off my back. <laughs> Thanks, JR. Get off our backs. Get off our backs. Mm, we. We. Our backs. See, I try I try not to say we when I talk about, about like, the, Seahawks. the Seahawks. Yeah, I know. It's tough. It's it it's getting tougher. Well, because they literally made us a part of their team, dude. They retired our number. They it's hanging up in Century League Field number yeah, twelve it's for the fans. Pretty hokey. Like I'm not on the. I, despite my size and capabilities, I'm actually not a <laughs> defensive lineman. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah. Uh, not actually on the team. I like that. I, I like the war documentary. I, I really want to check that out. The War by Ken Burns is one of my favorite documentaries of all time. Have you seen that, Jesse? Yeah, I've seen parts of it. I don't know if I've seen it in its entirety. I got the DVD if you want to borrow it. E- I don't have time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> also, Miles Teller. That's my dude. That's who's playing me. Michael Sarah and Miles Teller. Oh. IMDb that shit, man. That's what it's for. All right, Jesse, let's do a little time roll off and get this show on the road, huh? Yeah, let us. Okay. You've, been, you've been streaking hard. I know. Uh, we're each going to roll a 20-sided dice, see who gets to talk first on the podcast this week. Here we go. I got a 12. Oh, God, I got a 13. Oh, what the? <laughs>
I think the problem here is, are you using the online dice roller for no, Dungeons and Dragons? No, I'm using a real analog die. See, I'm using the online dice roller. I feel like the first roll is always good. Well, if you got cheat to win, that's what you got to do. Yeah, my next roll is a 2. Then an 18, then a 2, then a 4, then an 11, then a 7, then a 17. But regardless, I won this This is great week. listening. Beautiful listening. Uh, I did win this week, and so we're going to start this whole thing up by talking about movies. Do you know what nemesis means? Okay, so, uh, Jesse, how how well-versed are you in the uh, Ghostbusters mythos? Not very. I'm not, I'm not extremely versed. I've seen the movies, but apparently there was a huge rumor landing this week uh, stating that Max Landis was potentially polishing off the Ghostbusters 3 script. Now, Max Landis is the son of uh, John Landis, who is a pretty prolific director, especially in the 80s. He directed things like Animal House, um, and I believe he directed Ghostbusters? Pretty sure. Uh, IMDb that shit. Yeah, I should. Uh, he also directed the Thriller video with Michael Jackson, who was a singer in the 80s. Mm. Um, Not familiar. He directed Blues Brothers. Yeah. So, anyway, pretty prolific director, especially... <laughs> pretty prolific director, especially in the 80s. He kind of uh, brought in this whole... Uh, whole you know late 80s uh, thing with with animal house that wasn't the greatest segue but anyway max landis is his son he didn't direct ghostbusters by the way um but uh he he's kind of a an up-and-coming guy he's very vocal he's on twitter he's obviously john landis's son and he also wrote the movie chronicle which i really liked it was a superhero uh, origin story not based on any comic book set in uh rural washington um, so it was, it was pretty good, uh, pretty good movie. And a lot of people follow him on Twitter and he's kind of outlandish. So people were excited. They were saying, okay, you got this guy. He's the son of an eighties directorial icon. Uh, and he's hopefully going to make this script better because it was written by the guys who wrote year one. And that's why Bill Murray won't touch it with the 10 foot pole. Uh, but unfortunately all of those, all of those rumors went to die. And, um, <laughs> so that's that story. Jesse, what's your first topic? Oh, no, I'm just uh, I wanted to talk about the movie Chronicle. <laughs> Great. No, I'm no. trying to remember what that... Chronicle, the movie? Is that the one with the, the kids? Yeah, they're like high schoolers, and they find this... Um... Yeah, I actually really liked that movie. I really liked it, too. It was awesome. And it included some guys who were... Um, it included some guys who were like... Uh, who showed up later, like the dude who played the evil guy in that showed up in the most recent Spider-Man movie. Uh, and then the other guy, Michael B. Jordan, is actually also going to be in the new Fantastic Four movie with Miles Teller. Uh, he's going to be playing the Human Torch. So uh, it's kind of a cool spawning movie. And, and if you haven't seen Chronicle, check it out. Um, so anyway, people were excited about this. And he unfortunately put those rumors to rest. But after he did that, he went on a little bit of a tear... Uh, scripting out what his Ghostbusters 3 movie would actually be if he were writing it. Was it a Twitter tear? Yeah, it was a Twitter tear. Love Twitter. Twitter we rants. Ha- we haven't done a Twitter tear since Kanye. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, I'm just going to kind of read through this and see uh, what your thoughts are on it. 
Okay. So it starts off with saying, ha ha ha, a bunch of people asking what my Ghostbusters 3 pitch would have been. Never had a full one, just a skeleton I've goofed around with. I think skeleton's a pun there. Uh, <laughs> next, <laughs> next tweet. My Ghostbusters. Skeleton, Ghostbusters 3, Skeleton Busters. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters 3 versus Army of Darkness. Love it. Uh, so his next one is, My Ghostbusters 3 began in the 1920s with Evo Shandor murdering a gluttonous associate to protect his cult after he has a moral objection. Now, for those of you who don't know who Evo Shandor is, he uh, he is mentioned in Ghostbusters, and he has been featured in the Ghostbusters video game, which is kind of cool. Um, so, uh, anyway, Evo Shandor, it kind of opens on Evo. Um, Shandor tells the overweight man that can, that can, uh, that nothing could stop the coming of Gozer. First, the gate will open in 1984, then again, 20 years later. This is kind of great because it, it adds kind of a cultist feel and very much an Elder God feel, Lovecraftian thing going on here. Um, he says, the fat man who now has all the details of Shandor's plans, threatens to go to the police, and Shandor poisons him. It's scary, but as Shandor escapes, we see that we're at the Sedgwick Hotel and that the guy we just saw die is Slimer. Cue theme, oh. show title. So that's the open. Um, and then he kind of breaks out the rest of the movie in a more general sense. He says, My full movie concerns several new teams focusing on one grown from the Ghostbusters franchise, which is now global and going bankrupt. Ghostbusters have become a parody of themselves. There are barely 12 ghosts caught a year. People have forgotten what happened in New York City. Egon passed away. Vekman lives on an island. Winston retired rich. Only Ray Stance, who is the Dan Aykroyd character, is left in charge, and he is a terrible businessman. Uh, in an effort to bring back the business, an obsessed team whose station has been shut down attempts to summon a minor ghost. Mistake, it's Gozer. Uh, it's up to our hero, uh, heroic team to stop the bad team, reunite the fractured franchises, and save our dimension from a very pissed off demigod. It's all very meta, creatively bankrupt Ghostbusters. No one wants a new team. The bad team are slick Michael Bay versions of the Ghostbusters. But, you get to keep the action, comedy, and emotion, and uh, witty blue-collar guys are the last people who are oh witty blue-collar guys who are the last people you want saving the world. And he thinks that the teams would be modern comedy clicks, Parks and Rec team, the Rogan Franco team, a Kroll Key and Peel team, uh, and uh, and yeah, basically that that's that's the plot. So basically, Ghostbusters franchise is popping up all over the world, and then. Uh, they have to unite to, to destroy uh, an unstoppable evil force that is there to destroy the universe. I think that's pretty solid. I think it's solid, too. I mean, this guy is literally a screenwriter, so it's kind of neat wow. to hear him toss around actual ideas as opposed to just you and me speculating, <laughs> goofing around. <laughs> Although, dude, this casting a shadow is kind of uh, kind of digging it. We might have to do a full uh, movie treatment on that at some point. Yeah, yeah, we we can flesh that one out. Mm -hmm. We can record it, Turk Packs. We're not busy oh, enough. Yeah, exactly. We don't have anything <laughs> going on. Um, <laughs> so I like this idea. I like the franchise idea. I haven't played Elders or um, Eldritch Horror yet, but it's it seems to be like it's got a little bit of an Eldritch Horror feel. And I like the idea of having like a team that has like Chris Pratt and Aziz Ansari on it. 
uh, and like Aubrey Plaza as your Parks and Rec group. And then you, of course, get Rogan Franco and uh, Jonah Hill. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a little on the nose. <sighs> it is, but why not, dude? I mean, this was done with a bunch of Saturday Night Live people originally. You can have your 80s. I just feel like at that point, you're kind of missing satire and going mm. straight into, hey, look at these guys. Yeah, I don't know. You I all know these guys. I really think what they need to do with the Ghostbusters franchise is to just straight up just give it to Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg and let them do it. Like, they need to get rid of Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> and unfortunately, like, Dan Aykroyd could be executive producer. Give him the cash cow that, because it's the last, it's his last hope. I mean, seriously. It's between this and Dan Aykroyd on UFO's DVD sets. I just Crystal don't. Skull Vodka. I think Dan Aykroyd will be fine, for one thing. Okay. I'm I worried don't think about he's Dan wanting. <laughs> but I just, I don't, uh, I don't think, I, I feel like Ghostbusters is such a great, like, chunk of the time it's mm-hmm. it's like a litmus test of the 80s mm-hmm. and i don't think one i don't think it'll translate well to modern era and two i don't think we need it i mean can can't we ever just let anything die ironically not with the ghostbusters can we bust the ghostbusters <laughs> well the other idea is to give this to phil lord and christopher miller who did the lego movie in 21 jump street and 22 jump street why don't you just give it to no one <laughs> Why not just let the Ghostbusters be Ghostbusters and come up with the next great movie? Ghosts of the Ghostbusters. <laughs> just say it. I just, I really don't, I don't think it's feasible to make another good Ghostbusters movie. Really, the only Ghostbusters movie I'd want to see is like a hardcore horror movie of the Ghostbusters <laughs> with no comedy Give it to at Rob all. Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to the guy who's like, did, who's doing all of those, uh, like the, uh, what was it, the, the, I am so bad with names tonight. Yeah, you're having a hard time. You know, the scary ones. Those scary Alan ones. Wake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just make it like a straight up horror movie with no, no joy at all. I just don't think, I don't think you can do a Ghostbusters movie now that's going to be any good. So, I mean, why even try? I just like, I was just Do we, gonna... do we have to tarnish every movie <laughs> Trilogy, franchise, whatever. Well, this isn't a trilogy. That's the whole thing. Is it's only Hi. two movies. It doesn't have to be. There's only two movies and two video games, Jesse. What is like? What In is a, a great set. example of resurrecting an old franchise and making another iteration of it and it being successful? Well, you got Twenty One Jump Street, which that was a TV show. Okay, okay. Uh, what about uh, Blues Brothers 2000? I mean, oh, everybody yeah, love that. Oh, yeah, great Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Things like... we don't need in the new Blues Brothers movie. Uh, the star. Dan John Aykroyd. Belushi. <laughs> oh, God. It c- there could be a crossover here. John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. B- Blues Brothers, Ghostbusters. Ghost Brothers. Ghost <laughs> Ghost Brothers 2000. Blues Busters. Well, the other idea here, and you kind of brought it up to me with your skeleton talk, is uh, what if you had like a Ghostbusters movie where they're the Ghostbusters and they're, they're like it starts off with this thing, this Max Landis thing, where like there's they're running out of ghosts um, until the apocalypse happens, and then it's a complete apocalypse comedy. Oh, they already did that, and this is the end. What if, um, <sighs> what if the Ghostbusters died and became ghosts? Love it. And then they get busted. And then they get busted. And then they find out that 
what mm-hmm. hell it is to be inside one of those traps. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah. being perpetually uh, waterboarded it's not with like fire you, ants. It's not like you shrink. You're just folded up. <laughs> you know? I just don't... I, I feel like... I've watched Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm too young to have experienced it and appreciated it when it came out. When did these come out? Like, 88, 90, so or something I like that? I believe Ghostbusters uh, 1 came out... I want to say... I want to say 1984, but I'm not sure okay. if it's 1984 so- or 19... 19- or if Ghostbusters 2 came out in 1984. I was if only there's like a website you could find this stuff on. Yeah, they should make one of those. Mm-hmm. I was definitely not Ghostbusters you know, someone who was appreciating it when it came out, when it was new and fresh and everything. Right. I understand were... <laughs> there's a lot of Gen Xers out there who love Ghostbusters. You weren't even new or fresh at that time. Well, yeah, I exactly. Think the reason why we love Ghostbusters is because of the Ghostbusters cartoon, which is what yeah. I remember from my childhood. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing about, I mean, the Ghostbusters, I've seen those movies. Yeah. They're not that great. Right. I feel like a lot of people have a lot of nostalgia goggles on mm-hmm. when they're thinking about Ghostbusters. And it's not going to get better than the originals. Well, that's debatable. I don't think that the creative juices out there are going to be able to handle the franchise in a way that they can make it better than the originals. And okay. the originals aren't that great, so uh-huh. it's kind of a formula for disaster from the get-go. So it's kind of interesting. Ghostbusters was actually originally directed by Ivan Reitman, whose son, Jason Reitman, is the guy who directed Juno. Hmm. Is your mind blown? No. Okay. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, I yeah, I mean, there, I think that there's it's a lot like Boba Fett, dude. I mean, <laughs> the thing about Boba Fett is he's cool, but he literally does next to nothing in the Star Wars movies, except for recognizes that Han is floating away in the trash heap in Empire Strikes Back. Spoiler alert! But other than that, he basically does nothing except get kicked in the jetpack and thrown in the Sarlacc pit. Yet right. everybody loves him because of his awesome costume. And yeah. if if the Ghostbusters have one thing, it's style. They got... The uniforms are cool. The logo's cool. The ambulance is cool. Uh, and, and the proton packs are awesome. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I remember as a kid getting, like, the little slider thing that, that uh, the, the open up and shut thing, the little ghost catcher. And mm-hmm. I got the toy of that, so you could, like, throw it out and then hit a button and it would open and close. Like, that's the nostalgia factor for me. I just, the style factor, I think, is what really, or what people are holding on to. Yeah. I just say give it to M. Night Shyamalan and have them all be ghosts. Oh. <laughs> he, he might be the only one who could do it. He's the only one who can resurrect that show and his career. I M. think Knight. he's doing fine. I, I'm sure he's doing really okay uh so anyway that's that's ghostbusters man ghostbusters news bust it busted all right jesse what's your first topic well i want to jump ahead to a little bit of science and technology if today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great Scott! Alright, so... This is kind of a weird little story 
involving Canada, the European Union, mm-hmm. and the Google Corporation. Mm-hmm. So Google may be planning to alert users whenever search results have been wiped away, thanks to a controversial European court ruling. That decision, handed down last month, has allowed Europeans to censor search by asking Google to pull down irrelevant and otherwise sensitive personal results. It's referred to as the right to be forgotten. Okay. Which is a great name. Okay. Sounds like Um, a new M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, the right to be forgotten, and Google is saying, you know, users have a right to know when their search experience has been altered. Yes. So the the notifications would resemble... Existing alerts that Google displays if re- results have been hidden uh, in response to copyright complaints. Google would also shine a light on personal takedown requests in transparency reports. So the European Union basically has given its citizens the right to be forgotten and mm-hmm. to be taken off the internet. Okay. Which is cool. Yeah. So uh, Google's received 40,000 requests to... Re- uh, erase our personal content and has developed a form where you can uh, submit you know, a request to be taken down. And okay. Google's saying it could harm interve- intervention or, sorry, innovation and be used for, quote, for bad things by repressive governments. Yes. So that's, how, that's the setup for this. So inspired by that decision, a Canadian court has now ruled that Google must remove search results for a Canadian company's competitor. Not Whoa. just in, in Canada, but around the world. Jeez. So Acoustech Solutions contends that the rival ripped off its network device technology and sold it on more than 300 websites. Google voluntarily removed the links from Google.ca, where most Canadians would search, but the Supreme Court of British Columbia granted an injunction forcing Google to remove search results from every one of its sites, including Google.com. So, so are you seriously Canadians? Are you going to Google.ca? <laughs> yeah, apparently. That doesn't make any sense. It's, it's you know, hyper-specific to your Canadian search interests. I, I guess can understand so. that, though. I, I guess so. I guess if you're, like... I, I like guess Google I, libraries, and they're like, do you want this one in California? Or, like, I guess Amazon probably is different if you want, like, just Canadian companies? I don't know. Right. Because, I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to order something from Florida if I lived in British Columbia. Right. So, yeah, there's Google CA. Yeah. There's Chewbacca.ca. Okay. Um. So <laughs> Is it really? There is. I think Ryan North of Daily Dinosaur Comics owns that domain. <sighs> Genius. <laughs> so Google argued that Canadian law couldn't be applied to the entire world, but the court cited Canada's Law and Equity Gr- Act, which grants broad power t- for court to issue injunctions when it's, quote, just or convenient that the order should be made. Right. So I, I, what do you think? Should Google be forced to remove all of this company's search, you know, SEO, basically, it's search engine presence because of a Canadian court. It's it's such a weird kind of situation. Well, first of all, I think we need to get ghostbutts.rs. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> I think... I Ghostbust.e. Yeah, ghostbust.e.rs. <laughs> Got it. Um... But, oh, it's RU, isn't it? I wonder what RS would be. 
are you as Russia? Anyway, uh, I think that um, it, it's interesting because I could see both sides of it. I mean, the fact of the matter is, this is a Canadian company, and I'm did the company who ripped them off were they also Canadian? I it doesn't mention. Okay, because and I can't Google. <laughs> I can't Google. Yeah. Well, did Google comply? Uh, they, they've they only so far complied um, for taking them off of the Canadian okay. version of Google. But so they haven't taken them off of the international Google. It's just weird to me because, first of all, Google's an American company. So it should only be subject to American laws? Um, right. It just, it just gets into this gray area of the internet. And it's I I get the right of the right to be forgotten. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. Well, yeah. And it it sounds like some sort of ancient thing. <laughs> like the right to be forgotten. Yeah, you like go into a tent, you smoke peyote, you leave and then you've been forgotten. <laughs> but you could get your um you can get your personal stuff off the internet, but like what's different about this is they're forcing their competitor off the internet. Yeah, that's This weird, isn't man. the right to be forgotten. This is the right to make someone who harmed you be forgotten. Yeah, which is what the mob has been doing for a long time. <laughs> it's just, it's just so weird. It is kind. Of, it's just a weird thing, man. But like I said, this is the gray area of the internet. I mean, really, the internet has no bounds. I mean, the internet has no borders. It's all about where you have the servers, right? No, but- it's it totally. It's it's weird to even apply. It's like an antiquated system of. We've got lines in the dirt. Yeah. But now everything is everywhere all the time. The internet crosses those lines in the dirt. Yeah. So it's like you can't even... There needs to be like some sort of hyper dirt. law. Interlaw for mm-hmm. the interweb. Yeah, hyper dirt. Hyper... The hyper dirt. <laughs> it's... I don't know, man. I don't know where to come down on this because obviously you have a company that stole from another company. It's been legally proven that they stole from this company. Uh, that happens every day on iTunes. Like apps are pirate are copied and cloned, right? And uh, and resold. Just ask the people who made twenty forty eight based off of threes, um, uh, or twenty four forty eight, whatever. I don't play it because I play threes because I'm a purist. But uh-huh. I mean, the fact it, it's just so weird. Like, I I feel like this flies in the face of net neutrality. If Flies in the face of that American idea that uh, right, it, survivor totally of the fittest, you know, net neutrality. Yeah, it, it, and it flies in the face of the idea of comp- of let the best man win, right, or the best company, or right. whatever. Because now you have a a court in British Columbia saying, "Hey, rest of the world, get you got to take this down." Yeah, which is weird. And the other thing about it is it's Canadian. I mean, it'd be interesting if it was a district court in the Ninth Circuit Court in California. Right. Bringing this ruling, but we can all kind of snicker a little bit because it's Canadian court, which sounds very close to kangaroo court. <laughs> I was just thinking, if there was a daytime court show oh called Canadian court, oh I would God. watch the fuck out I watch of that. It ev- I would quit my job. <laughs> I would quit my job. If only there were some way to record it while you were at work. There's no way. <laughs> there is no way to record it. <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. We'll... we'll- Find out what happens, I yeah. guess. Like, maybe Google will play ball just because they know, like, okay, it was a bad company. These were bad guys. But maybe they'll stick to their guns and be like, no, screw you. You can't tell us what to do, Canada. Well, I want to get We already news- did it in Canada. 
Uh, so that's good enough. <laughs> well, I mean, really, how many people in Canada use Google.ca? I need a poll of our Canadian listeners whether they use Google.ca or Google.com. They mostly use moose.poutine. <laughs> forward slash hockey. It's a great search engine. <laughs> Actually, that's what I I use that instead of Google because it's just better. It is, and it's tastier. Yeah, it's got interactive gravy. Um, the thing that I <laughs> thing I really want is if Google does give in, I want a shirt that says "Don't mess with Texas," but Texas is crossed out and says Canada on the bottom. Mm. And then Google. Google.ca. Google.ca, and then instead it says instead use moose.poutine slash hockey. It's a long shirt. It's a sleeping shirt. (laughs) It's one of those uh, uh, Christmas Carol shirts that Ebenezer Scrooge wears that goes down to his shins. I feel like those shirts were very popular in the the 90s, because I feel like my mom had a couple of long t-shirts that were basically nightgowns. I used to wear the t-shirts I got at PAX as my sleeping shirts. That's a good idea. Because, like, I could only get XLs. Yeah, and, like, you can't get more nerd sweat in those than it's already been in there, so. <laughs> that was back when you could get t-shirts at PAX. Yeah. <laughs> the good old days. All right, Jesse, let's do some trivia, huh? Let us. All right, we're going to roll a six-sided die, see which category of Genius One of Trivial Pursuit we'll be doing this week. And here it is. It is a three. It is history. And, uh, Jesse, this first question is for you. Please play along at home. Um... What was Jimmy Carter operated on for? God, two prepositions in a row. <laughs> yeah, that's. Was... Uh, what was Jimmy Carter pre- operated on for while serving as president? I'll just say appendix. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go gallbladder. Hemorrhoids. Yikes. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, JC. Oh, the cushion jokes. That time. Um, this question is for me. What conflict was known as the war to end all wars? I believe that was World War One. It must be. I'll say um, World War 0. 0.5. Uh, World War One is the correct answer. Uh, also would have uh, taken World War Z. Um, Jesse, this question is for you. Who was Corsica's most famous son? Gotta be that Napoleon, baby. Uh, I'm going to go with the king in yellow. Oh, that's Carcosa. Um, Jesse, it is Napoleon. It is tied. Boom, boom, back in it. Need this one to win. Please play along at home. Who claims to be the most recognized person in the world? Uh, 1981. Mm. I'm going to go with... Who's really recognizable? I'm going to go with Cher. I'm going to go with Sir Paul McCartney. Muhammad Ali. Oh. Well, you know what that means. That means it's time for a geography tiebreaker. We're going to ask a geography question. Whoever is closest to the actual answer will win. Jesse, what is the highest navigable lake in the world? Highest navigable lake in the world? Ooh. So we got to name the lake. Name the lake. Oh, jeez. I'm going to go with Lake Victoria? Okay. I'm just going to go with Crater Lake, because I know it's at the top of a mountain. It is Windsor Lake. So I'm in Oregon and you're in Africa. Google time. Time to Google Google this. Google.ca slash poutine. 
Windsor Lake is located in Colorado. Eric oh. wins everything this week. <laughs> I was trying to get close. My my thought process was get close to like the Himalayas. Yeah, but that's a, Lake Victoria's in Africa. I know, but I don't know any lakes in the Himalayas. Hmm. <laughs> I was just trying to get geographically in the ballpark. Lake Baikal, maybe closer. Maybe in Russia. Yeah, Russia's close uh, to the Himalayas. Uh, yeah, no, you're probably right. Anyway, Jesse, my first to- or my second topic this week is going to be gaming. Here we go. Okay, so uh, as we know, E3 uh, happened last week. We talked about all the video game news that happened, but I we kind of skimmed over something that uh, is pretty exciting and goes back into this console debate that uh, I've been having with myself for the past few weeks. So, started off as a PS4 guy, then Nintendo came out, really excited about Nintendo stuff, uh, but I also really like the Xbox because I'm an Xbox guy. I mean, I've always had an Xbox. Always. And then the final one is Steam Machines. So Alienware came out with the Alienware Alpha. Um, they announced it at CES, and they had it at E3 this year. This is a console that will be dropping this fall, uh, and will be a Steam Machine with a question mark. Um, it's going to be retailing for $550. So on par with like the launch price of the Xbox One plus fifty dollars, but also one hundred and fifty dollars more expensive than uh, any of the other consoles at this point. Um, and it's actually not going to be a Steam machine because Steam OS and the Steam controller aren't going to be launched. Mm. So are you excited? <laughs> uh, you haven't really given me much to be excited about. I know this is the thing. I mean, I, they so Poly- it's a computer. Yeah, exactly. But it's a computer. It's very small. It is very, very small. It'll easily set up on your, on your home entertainment system. It's, it's about half the footprint of a PS4 or Xbox 360. See, um, like the small thing. That's not exactly like, that's not why I'm buying a Steam machine. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it, it does play Steam big picture mode. Apparently there's a graphical UI that will allow you to get to big picture mode through a, software developed by Alienware and only using a controller. Um, and uh, and you can also... It runs on a Windows platform, though, and you can actually exit to Windows and use it as a PC if you really want to. <laughs> uh, it's also got... Because, you know, these, these are Steam machines, so they're just, they're just blank hardware, really. Um, so it's got a... Uh, HDMI in port, so you could plug your Roku box or your Xbox. The guy actually said you could plug your Xbox into it, which I was like, all right, if you have that, then why would you have this? Uh, but you could run it through the Steam machine so that you can have your digital media, your Netflix and your Amazon and stuff on there. Um, the question being, I'm pretty sure you can access Netflix and Amazon and Roku through the internet on a computer. So why right. isn't that an option? This is really confusing. It's extremely confusing. And the thing is, what's so, the point? And it's also shipping not with the Steam controller because those won't be out until 2015. But it is shipping with the 
uh, Xbox controller, wireless controller. Wow. So that, that that's kind of the question is what's the point? I think that the point here is to be the first. This thing is called the Alienware Alpha. I'm pretty sure it's going to be obsolete in about six months. <laughs> when, <laughs> when it comes to electronics, I actually don't. I actively try not to be the first. Exactly. Because they're trying their shit out on you. Exactly. Like, we can barely sell this. <laughs> so we're going <laughs> to. So we're going to sell it for the most expensive it will ever be. <laughs> it's going to get cheaper and better. <laughs> and you're going to get effed. Yeah. You're gonna get stuck with the connect. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it. It's just so interesting to me because obviously they're ju- they just want to be the first steam machine, and I think that this might have settled the debate for me, Jesse. You're buying an Xbox, aren't you? I think I'm gonna get an Xbox One. Ah, uh, jeez. I don't see any reason not to. I mean, I I'll like what Nintendo. <laughs> I like what Nintendo's doing. I like the Wii U. Um, but I don't like Nintendo enough that I'm going to want to... But what about PlayStation, man? Like, not not a year ago. I know. Less than a year ago, you were sitting here talking about how Microsoft yep. has lost you and you're buying a PlayStation. I know. But, uh, but time is on my side. <laughs> I let the dust settle. I let the emotions uh, subside, and and I'm looking at this practically, and the fact of the matter is, like I said, um, I am an Xbox guy. I've always had an Xbox, and the the pros outweigh the cons for me of getting an Xbox over a PS4 and learning a whole new system. Yeah, it's not that tough to learn a new system. <sighs> I just hate the P- PlayStation controllers, dude. I I'm not him. a fan. I hate them. Uh, and I don't know. I, I, uh, Xbox has HBO Go, and I, that's kind of one of the primary uses I have for my Xbox now is HBO Go. Uh, I w- I'll probably wait until the next price drop in order to get the Xbox One. So, I mean, we're probably not looking until like 2015, but at this point, I don't really see any reason not to get an Xbox One because I feel like Steam machines are awesome. But it's going to be years before they are a practical. I thought you were device. going to build your own computer. Yeah, but I'm not, I can't do that for for uh, four hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And I can get an Xbox One for four hundred dollars. It's like it's just not cost effective to get a Steam machine because they're custom bit machines and they can't compete with the mass production of an Xbox One. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe PS, maybe something will happen with PS4 that'll make me really want to get it. I, I do still think PS4 is probably the gamer's machine. I mean, uh, what they've done with indie titles, the commitments that they've made with like Destiny to get exclusive content, uh, what they're doing with PlayStation Plus and giving out free games that are awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, PlayStation has always been a leader in, in terms of, of, of uh graphics and that sort of thing but the fact of the matter is sometimes you just want to kick the tires and and take your old american muscle car down the road and that's what the xbox one is to me (laughs) no no you're totally right yeah i'm into it man like i would buy it i want that master chief edition yeah yep i want i don't know Madden. i don't know i'm not gonna buy any of them if i had like if i had an extra 500 bucks i'd probably be like can I buy a used keg washer? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many six barrels can I buy for that? <laughs> well, you're thinking about turning your your money into more money. I'm thinking about turning my money into nothing. It's a waste of time. <laughs> Except for fun. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking about turning my money into more work for me to do. <laughs> yeah, also Madden, dude, looks pretty cool because like, they have a new defensive camera and like uh, playing defense is supposed to be a lot better. Oh, so you're, you're, well, that shouldn't be hard because it used to be like, well, just hold A. Yep, just do whatever until you can play offense again. Choose a guy and hold A. Yep. <laughs> I like to hit the thumbsticks or the triggers because it, it I- sometimes does a special move. <laughs> Uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> no, no I, that'll, that'll be fun. I look forward to coming over and playing it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm, it's probably not. I'm going to at least wait till the next price drop to get it. Um, but, uh, God, the game's coming out, too. The graphics are so freaking amazing. I'm so excited to to do this. Let's do it. Um, so, anyway, it's my front runner at the moment. I don't know. Maybe something will happen between now and the time I, uh, I'm ready to actually buy a new console. Um, but, uh, but I think Xbox has taken its place, its rightful place in my Xbox shaped X that, that, uh, crosses my heart and hopes You won't be able to, to play your man, uh, Civilization Days of Future Past or whatever it's called. I can play that on my shitty laptop. Oh, okay. Civ is good to, to shitty laptops. That's kind of <laughs> the only game I really want to play. And I don't know if I'd want to play that on a controller, so. Right. <sighs> anyway. So anyway, that's, uh, that was the news that we, uh, that we skipped over last week. Uh, well, I'm glad that Alienware totally botched Steam machines <laughs> for you. I don't know if they botched them. I think it's still the whole thing of like it's still the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy type of deal. I don't want to uh, have to uh, have to worry too much about my console. I want my console to be a mindless entertainment device, and that's what uh, the mass market consoles give you. So, yeah, no, that's totally true. All right, Jesse, what's your secotapo? All right, I want to talk about cool animals. Cool animals. We're going to have to come up with an actual intro for this because we talk about animals so much. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Eric. So scientists have discovered that many species of spiders Uh also catch and devour fish. (laughs) Did you know this? Spiders are the worst. Spiders, they're like, they're the worst. Yeah, we already pretty much dominate land, but we're also going to go ahead and terrify the fish world. <laughs> so these fish-eating spiders can be found on every continent except Antarctica. What? Every continent except Antarctica. So they're in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... Although the fish, although the fish eat spider, or the fish these spiders eat are small by human standards, just two to six centimeters long. Mm-hmm. The fish are an average of two point two times the length of the spider's bodies and up to four point five times their weight. How do you eat something like that? Well, I don't um, get it. Most fish-eating spiders are largely semi-aquatic. Mm-hmm. They can walk on water, swim, or at least reside comfortably near water. Some of the species <laughs> observed capturing or devouring fish have included different types of nursery web spiders, wandering spiders, long-legged water spiders, and wolf spiders. I love that they they can exist comfortably next to water. <laughs> yeah. I just imagine a spider with an Aloha shirt and a Mai Tai. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Kick it back. Fish carcass. This is comfortable, it. guys. Mm-hmm. Most of say. these are considered hunting spiders. That is, spiders that capture food without using a web. 
Did what? you know that was a thing? So I was assuming they were using webs. No. These are hunting spiders. Spiders so, that capture food without using a web. Let me get this straight. These are spiders which weigh less than nothing. <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. And they're catching things with their bare hands that are literally just a single muscle made for one purpose, and that is swimming forward. And they are able to collapse their legs around these things. God, they are the strongest things in the world. These well, let me tell crazy. you about one species of wandering spider, mm-hmm. the Ancylomedes rufus. I'm guessing Australian? Uh, I'm not sure, but it can dive underwater for up to 20 minutes. Chillin'. Comfortable. <laughs> Adults can have a lifespan of 20 centimeters, which helps them catch their prey underwater. A smaller smaller spider, the water spider, and Gricorenetta aquatica actually lives underwater. In a lab, researchers witnessed the spider using venom to kill fish. Okay, I can get that. Yeah. Other semi-aquatic spiders hunt safely above the water. They brace themselves with their back legs using a plant or a stone. Mm-hmm. Then their front legs are free to <laughs> grab their prey. I love it when people use the word stone instead of rock. <laughs> well, they're British. Like a stone. This is from the BBC. Love it. Following capture, the spiders usually drag their prey to dry land as quickly as possible. This allows them to eat without fear of the fish <laughs> slipping away. They also must find a safe spot because it can take several hours for the spider to eat such a large meal. It's insane to me. Can you imagine eating a steak that was three times your body length? Well, I can't imagine it. <laughs> I can do that. I can't even imagine it. I would get stuffed after like the first foot. Oh man, I can I can throw them back. <laughs> the steaks, steaks. I mean, I right. eat. I eat. You know how like there's that expression that guy punches above his weight class. Uh huh. I eat above my weight class. Nice. I can definitely eat a steak that's three times my body length. Ooh, maybe she over the course of, of several hours. Okay. In a safe place. In a safe place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was walking down my uh, stairs by apartment the other day, mm. and there's a daddy long legs on the mm-hmm. wall. Daddy long legs. Which is a homie. Homie spider. Homie spider, chilling, like, you know, I don't have a lot against them, but I took a look at him, and, um, and I was just like, dude, spiders may be apex predators in what they, what they do. But there's no wonder why people fucking hate them. They are the creepiest looking animals ever. Creepy as hell. So creepy. My apartment, like the corridors to get up the stairs to my my apartment, is like spider and moth heaven. Mm-hmm. It's nothing but spiders and moths. Well, it's Tons weird. of daddy long legs. It's weird to me because I looked at the daddy long legs. I'm like, dude, your legs are literally ten times at least longer than your body. It's true. And can you imagine seeing a human who was like, I mean, it's basically Slender Man. Like, this basically like this crazy human with like these long spindly legs. Oh, my legs are long. Yes, my legs are long. <laughs> but the thing about it is that you have that, but then also I was laying around the other day and a crane fly came in, another homey insect. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, I, I know spiders aren't insects, but another homey creepy crawly um, comes in. And he's got legs twice the length of his body, or ten times the length of his body. I'm not that freaked out about it. And he's got wings! <laughs> I think it's just the eight-legged thing, It is man. weird that Crayfly's not creepy. Daddy Long Legs, super creepy. Yeah. What the fuck? Crayfly is basically a Daddy Long Legs with wings. <laughs> exactly. 
It's so weird. So we, Lydia and I were, uh, last week we went to, or last year we went to Vashon Island, and we stayed in this place that had teepees. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Retell this story. So we stayed in this place that had teepees, and, uh, and it was like the last weekend this place was open. And so it sounded very rustic, very fun. We get there, the teepee's a lot smaller than we thought it would be. It's basically like a teepee with a full bed inside it, off <laughs> on a wooden platform, and then no other room. Uh, and we were a little sketched out. How big do you think the fucking teepee was gonna be? Well, no, this was the this was the economy teepee. They also had other teepees you could literally light a fire in. Oh, so but, they did have the big teepees. Yeah, but they didn't give us the upgrade because you know it's not the last weekend that the place is ap- ever open or anything. Anyway, um, so we they go needed out to, to make what money they could. I guess so. No, so we how, were, how did they get rich? Not by giving away extra big teepees. <laughs> And apparently they never actually got rich. Exactly. So we go to the fire pit and hang out at the fire pit for a while. Some other people come down, blah, blah, blah. A couple hours later, we go back to the uh, teepee. Now, Lydia had left the light on at the teepee. Big mistake. And never we, leave your teepee light on. Never leave it on. That glowing beacon <laughs> had attracted every crane fly to five-mile radius. We go inside. The place is covered in crane flies on the inside of the place. Still turned off the light and went to sleep. Nice. Replace that with Daddy Long Legs. <laughs> I am not going anywhere near that TP. So, uh, <laughs> back when I lived up in Bellingham, I was just like doing odd jobs to get by. I was working in front of this one woman, and she wanted me to paint the inside of her garage. Uh-huh. Inside of her garage was covered in Daddy Long Legs. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wasn't that creeped out about it. I was just painting like the roof. Right. And uh, so I like scrape all the Daddy Long Legs off. Because I'm like, get out of here. I'm going to paint the roof. Mm-hmm. Proceed to paint or the ceiling. It's like the inside, <laughs> right? Proceed to paint it. Uh-huh. And then there's just like hundreds of daddy long legs continuing uh-huh. to walk up the walls and like get on the fresh paint and die. <laughs> I felt so bad. <laughs> it was a daddy long legs oh, apocalypse. Man. Yeah. But they just went straight on the paint. The stupid s- spiders. They don't have much of a brain. No, they, they're they all legs and no brain. I don't think they're technically spiders either. I think they only no, have one body like segment. No, they're some sort of weird... Yeah, I think they only... But th- come on, they're spiders, guys. They look like spiders. I, but that's you can't the expect thing. me to know every subsect of arachnids. Yeah, but spiders, creepy as hell. They just right. get creepier and creepier. And, and, you know, it's working out for them evolutionarily. They're very, very good. They have, like, basically steel thread that comes out of their assholes. They have venom. <laughs> they have eight crazy legs. They have 900 eyeballs so they can see everything in a 10-mile radius. They can swim underwater and hold their breath. They're basically the superheroes of the animal kingdom. But right. guess what? That comes with a price. You are creepy motherfuckers. Yeah. No, super duper creepy. And I will kill you on sight. <laughs> <laughs> you must be stopped. So here's the thing, like it's a it's a old Belgian superstition that's bad luck to kill a spider in a brewery. Mm-hmm. Which I've taken to my entire my whole life is basically a brewery at this point. Right. I'm fermenting something somewhere or another. So I don't kill spiders anymore, I just relocate them. Well I I don't know. Sometimes I do that, but because like, like really I'd rather do the cup and the paper than try to smush them and miss. Or, like, right. sometimes you smush them and then their little spindly legs are still s- 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 coming out of the tissue. <laughs> I can't handle it, man. Depending on the size of the spider. I feel like little guys I'll kill, but the big guys I'll set free, which probably is, 
you know, the whole idea of survival of the fittest. So sometimes you know, like if I kill that spider, it's gonna make a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've been using the vacuum a lot lately to kill bugs. Really? Yeah, you just vacuum them up, and then you don't have to worry about it anymore. You do know that they're still inside the vacuum. Yeah, but the vacuum's a closed thing. They go dump in the trash. If they can make it from the time that I vacuum them, to, like more power to them. But they're probably going to die of starvation in a tube. Mm, so do you? Uh, does your vacuum have like the bags, or do no. you have like the? No, it's the, got the the uh, cylinder thing. That the you vortex. Clean out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I caught a fly the other week. It was awesome. Really? Yeah, in the vacuum. Huh. I killed a fly today. Mm-hmm. I was washing dishes and. Uh, like, there's kind of the ledge and the window right in front of me, and there's a, a fly going around. I just put my, like, coffee cup right on top of it. It's like, world's dumbest fly. <laughs> I should be able to place a coffee cup of, on top of you. World's dumbest fly is coming up right after Canadian court. <laughs> Cannot wait. Can't wait to have all those D-list celebrities riffing <laughs> on those stupid flies. <laughs> Brian a- Callen... Does a great bit. Well, the thing is, so if a fly, when a fly takes off, it actually does a little bit of like a harrier routine. So it'll take off and it'll go backwards a little bit before it flies. Is that true? Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to kill a fly, you come up Aim from behind a behind. Yeah, you come up from behind because mm. when it comes up, it'll actually fly into your hand. Or if you have a vacuum cleaner, you come up from its butt and then it'll come. It just fly right in there. The other thing is like with bugs. I've killed a couple bees with the vacuum as well because with flying bugs, they don't get phased by wind. So they like they just think it's wind and then it's uh, their downfall. Like, oh, this is normal. Oh, God, I'm yeah. in a Dyson. <laughs> Dyson's not your suction. <laughs> All right. Well, Perfect uh, for killing wasps. <laughs> the Dyson wasp killer. Only $549.99. That's the thing. If Dyson... I feel like Dyson is sort of like Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Like anything he puts his mind to. Yeah. And I choose to believe that German spokesperson is Dyson. Yes. I don't even know <laughs> if it is or not. I just love the idea of the Dyson wasp killer, and you just put a vacuum cleaner in a in a. You think if you put it in the hive, then they would all get really mad and try to attack it, and then it eventually gets sucked in, and then you just have a vacuum cleaner full of wasps. Or it'd just be like an air blade thing that you hang on your wall, and there's like a scent on the bottom. Uh-huh. They try to f- like fly through the air blade, and it kills them. I love it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like if you have a bee around you, don't try to swat it. You'll just piss it off. Just blow on it. <laughs> they don't care. They're like, oh, it's just wind. Uh, I, I'm a it. big fan of getting the uh, the washcloth and doing the whip crack. Well, that's a little frivolous. It's a fun accuracy test for me. <laughs> It's a fun way to lower my self-esteem. <laughs> does it does not lower my self-esteem. I'm like <laughs> I am the ultimate badass. <laughs> Great animal news this week, buddy. Thank you. Love it. All right. Well, let's uh do the Facebook roundup but before we do tell you about ballmove.com, guys. Ballmove.com uh, is a place where we are from. It's also the place where a bunch of great TV podcasts are happening. There's a 24 podcast. There's the Fargo wrap up podcast. There is the Game of Thrones wrap up podcast. There is, uh, the Because Show. There is the Orange is the New Cast about Orange is the New Black. There's a Ball Move TV podcast up right now. There's also Up Years Downstairs. And, uh, they're also doing a couple of custom podcasts for their subbable subscribers. The most recent one is about the movie. The Sweet Hereafter. There's so much stuff happening at BallMove.com, guys. Go there. Check it out. 
be a fan, be a friend. And also, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you could do so in a number of ways. You could give us a call, leave us a voicemail, 360-362-0024. You could send us an email at personalarrogance at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook. We are at the Personal Arrogance Facebook page and the Bald Move Facebook page. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Personal Podcast. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes, which is awesome. We got a couple new rates we're very excited about. Uh, that helps us out a ton. And if you can't do any of that, you could tell a friend. And, uh, and if you do like us on Facebook, uh, then you can, uh, be a part of our Facebook roundup each week on the Personal Arrogance Facebook page. We post that we are, uh, we are recording. And if you want us to talk about something, you can put it there and we'll talk about it. And that's what we do in this segment right now. Uh, the first one here, Jesse. Finally played Dominion and Settlers of Catan and love them both. That comes from Kevin. Nice. Nice. Told you so. Pretty good stuff. Uh, yeah. Any board game stuff, man. We, uh, we're all for it. More board I don't know games. if I've ever won a game of Dominion now that I think about it. Uh, I've, I've only played like two games of Dominion. I don't know. I wasn't uh, that excited with that deck building genre. Yeah, me either. But, maybe... but Settlers, heck yeah. Settlers, heck yeah. Um, Angela says, Clint Dempsey, that is all. Clint Dempsey scoring in the first 30 seconds of the America Ghana match. Mm. Uh, and he's also the striker for the Sounders. So it's a great oh. little bridge here for Angela and I because he, Clint Dempsey is from Texas, but he plays for the Sounders. So it's like a perfect, uh, it's sports. like a reverse Wilson. Exactly. Like we're all, uh, we're we're all good on this one. Usually Angela and I are at odds when it comes to sports fandom. So mm-hmm. it's nice that we can hug on this one instead of uh angrily Facebooking each other in love. Uh, <laughs> Toby says extreme couponing. Any thoughts, Jesse? Uh yeah, go for it. Go get you some. Do it. Let us know how it goes, Toby. <laughs> Andrew says Putin eating poutine. I believe you can find that at moose.poutine slash hockey. Uh, John Dominic says, nature is a random and cha- is random and chaotic. Fargo files for life. This is a reference to the Fargo podcast. Uh, and, uh, yes, you can check that out. That's on ballblue.com, the wrap up show featuring me. Actually, nature is not chaotic. It's true neutral. Oh, I like it. It favors neither order nor chaos. I like somebody put. Apparently, there was a big uh, atheism debate today on. Uh, oh God, Reddit, which is probably something you want to steer clear of. Yeah, no, I was just thinking. There's some sort of traffic analogy, like <laughs> just throw up the detour signs now. Yeah, just take the scenic route. It'll take you an extra thirty minutes, but you'll get there uh, happier. Yeah, um, and maybe you'll see something that's actually interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I love. Uh, John Dominic also told us that there's a bunch of Franken foods that are out here. Which one are you most excited about here, Jesse? Bacon wrapped hot dog eclairs, fruity pebble fried chicken, pulled pork stuffed caramel coated jalapenos, uh, espresso crusted chicken tacos, Slim Jim macaroni and cheese balls, spam sushi, braised pork belly s'mores with Guinness chocolate sauce. I think I'm most excited about the Spam Sushi, but I'm most intrigued about the pulled pork stuffed caramel-coated jalapenos. I'd probably be excited about the s'more pork belly, but you can get, like, the Spam Sushi at Uwechimaya. Maybe we should do that during PAX this year. That sounds good, man. I feel like Spam Sushi has got to be, like, a Hawaiian staple because they love Spam and they love Sushi down there. Mm Mm-hmm. It's got to be happening often. Must be. Um... 
James Patterson says, have either of you guys read Leviathan Wakes? Any book suggestions? Jesse, you're the bookie. I would not describe myself as a bookie. Well, you do take sports bets. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks. I have not read that one. Mm-hmm. It's almost time for my, like, biannual... Does that mean twice a year or every two years? Uh, biannual is uh, twice a year. Semi-annual is two year, every two years. My semi-annual rereading of This Way for the Gas, ladies and gentlemen. Well, there you go. It's a great Holocaust book that always makes me feel better about my place in life. Well, if Basically, you... anytime I'm starting to feel down, I read that book. I'm like, ow, I have it so good. Well. Everything for me is awesome. Yeah, compared to the Holocaust. <laughs> it's sometimes it's good just to be like, let me delve into that. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, I actually don't have that big of a problem. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, like, everything is, like, perfect. Almost. Uh, also, yeah, James says, also, Extreme Death Watch, Goo Goo Dolls, Spin Doctors, and Smash Mouth, who makes it out alive? Well, Smash Mouth... I don't really know. Oh, these are all late 90s alternative crap bands. Gotta love them. No Smash Mouth, I mean, based off of name alone, I guess Smash Mouth? So they have that, plus they are the all-stars. I mean, hey now, they are... I I guess we're an all-star. And that guy's got a big 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 face uh-huh his oh. face is so big he has to have like a really thin beard <laughs> yeah i mean i i would root for the goo goo dolls but i think smash mouth's taking it because uh they're just gonna bully their way in there finally rollo tomasi says goo goo dolls <laughs> oh god this, this has become a thing goo goo dolls will dispatch the others with stealth tactics they don't want the world to see them because they don't think they'd understand when smash mouth and spin doctors are made to be broken I just want you to know. <laughs> I think that that settles it, Rollo. Thank you so much. Uh, let's get to recos, Jesse. What's your first reco? Oh, um, it's rosavinapottery.etsy.com. Go there, buy my West Pottery. Help me out. There you go. That way I can buy more six barrels. Like it. Uh, my uh, first record is going to be Fargo, the TV series. If you haven't seen it, uh, it just wrapped up so you can binge watch the whole season. And you can check out all of the Fargo uh podcasts on baldmove.com that uh, feature nice little segments from yours truly so do that if you haven't done it already i, I really like the show i like the first season so um uh, cool. my recommendation is crown royale cask number 16 it's the special whiskey that uh me and my wife and my dad drank a bunch of and played settlers of Catan, and it is super duper drinkable and delicious awesome always love a good heart a Oh, yeah. Um, and then finally, my second reco is going to be, hey, guys, uh, episode 200 is coming up next week. Let us know what you want on that. Um, if you have any D&D. ideas. D&D. <laughs> if you want to check out our special D&D session that we held in celebration of episode 200, you can do that on baldmove.com as well. Uh, Jesse, thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank you. I'll see you this weekend. Sure and until next time to you, listener, remember that wherever you go, Whatever you do, please stay, stay arrogant.